In the last few years, two substantial biographies about Elizabeth Elliot have been published. Elizabeth Elliot, if you don't know who she was, she was part of a, a now very famous missionary team where the husbands were martyred. And she continued in, in doing missionary work. And then as the decades moved on, she became a significant voice in, in speaking and in writing for, for decades to come. One of the distinctives about Elizabeth Elliot was her unapologetic, unapologetic emphasis on wives submitting to husbands, First Peter 3. She fleshed out that point. She pressed that point, And Elizabeth Elliot was, was widowed twice. And then she had a third husband. And in these two biographies, for the first time, we learn that her third husband was abusive. He was verbally abusive. He was emotionally abusive. He took advantage of her convictions to be a submissive wife, and he manipulated and he coerced her to submit to things that she should not have had to submit to. She should have rebuked those things. One of the, the last painful things after her death and before any of these biographies had been written, that man burned most of her journals. And so the full story has not been told. Now, many thoughts about this, many things that can be said and processed and sorted through. But, but in line with today's word, let me just pick one thing. That's not the main thing. Let me just settle on one thing. Elizabeth Elliot was confused. Elizabeth Elliot was anguished by the position in which she found herself with this third husband. And the more you learn about her story, it's confusing. It, it's enraging, and it's very sad. What would you want to tell a woman like Elizabeth Elliot? What would you want to tell her? Well, I think maybe today, what you'd want to tell her is, Jesus came to set captives free. Free from condemnation and guilt. Free from the power of motive sin within you, but also free from others sinning against us, oppressing us. He came to set us free from oppression. And how did Jesus accomplish this? Isaiah 53, 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth to make his soul an offering for our sins. So in this meal, we take bread. By lowering himself, Jesus experienced our grief and our suffering, and he was oppressed. And in, in this meal, we take wine. By himself dying, Jesus took the death that we deserved. And so when you take this supper, you are saying, I know he's crucified, and I know he lives. And so he will come again to judge the world in righteousness. Jesus arranged this meal, and he says, do this in remembrance of me. And we understand that spiritually, as we take this in faith, he's feeding us. If you have come to know Christ Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, and if you're a member in good standing of a gospel-believing church, we invite you to take this supper. If you don't know Jesus in this way, we're glad that you're here. We invite you to remain, and uh, we would love to talk more about any questions you have about this. But you don't want to take this supper. It's, it's only for those that are engaged to Christ, who have 
made covenant with Christ personally, individually, and to his people. Now let's pray together. Lord Jesus, would you come to us in this supper? Would you feed us with your flesh and with your blood, your sacrifice? Would you cause the new life in us that you have begun to continue to prosper and to increase? And may our lives and may our hearts be changed and may we shine. May we know the freedom from sin, the freedom from guilt and condemnation. May we know the freedom from oppression. May we be those who work for the freedom from oppression. Do your good work in us, Lord Jesus, we pray. Meet us at this table, we ask in his name. Amen.